The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Kia ora everyone, kia ora Leone Michelle in virtual internet land. Kia ora Alex, kia ora Michelle. Hello. We're doing a podcast, there's Jeremy Elwood. Oh, this is so exciting. Hi Jeremy. Thank you. Cheers everybody. Cheers Cheers, my lovelies. Cheers to all of you out there. Uh, Welcome to... The pandemic uh, episode of On The Rack, <laughs> the lockdown episode, and also the final episode for the foreseeable future. Just for this, now. Yeah, for now. Yeah, I think, you know, everything's a bit on pause at the moment, isn't it? True. We didn't plan it like that, but that's, that's, just, <laughs> that's just how it has all come together. Where do we even want to start? We were emailing today and I was like, I don't have a plan. I don't even know what I want to talk about. How are we all doing? I just want to talk about my feelings. Thank <laughs> you so much. I'm sorry to everyone else that's listening, but we, we, we might just therapy all over you guys. I hope you don't mind. I think that's a really good idea. I do. <laughs> oh, my God. So as of recording, we are, um, oh, what are we? Is it a week? Day, a week day, eight, day? Day, day eight. Day seven. Day eight. Day eight of lockdown. And what's the status in our individual households? How are you doing, Michelle? I'm okay. I'm okay. I've realized that um, I've been going through the seven stages of grief. Uh, and I, cause I, initially I was full of denial about this virus. I, I remember saying to you guys, I don't care about the virus. I'm not going to catch it. I'm just fucked off and it's, I'm not going to be allowed to do the things I want to do. Like today I was supposed to fly to LA and go to a baseball game, um, and be away for five weeks. So, and I was one of those terrible denialists. And then, and then I got really angry about how my world was changing and then shocked when I lost all of my income. So now I'm in depression um, and I'm expecting to head into testing, which is trying out new ways of living and uh, acceptance Oh, sometime in the next five years or so, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's a process. The long game. The long <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. We're all we're all playing the long game. Because yeah. the short game sucks. Yeah, so what I feel about- a bit stink that I was so I didn't take this seriously until maybe two or three weeks ago. 
maybe three weeks ago. Anyway, but that's where I am. But I'm happy. I've got Prosecco. I've got my cat has become really affectionate. The garden's full of birds. My oh. husband's lovely. And I'm reading books. That's oh, great. That's great. God, I wish I had even touched a book <laughs> in this time. I've been a real piece of shit. <laughs> How are you doing, Leonie? I'm okay. Um, all the days are starting to bleed into each other a little bit in good ways and in bad. I sort of find myself waking up at three in the morning and just watching telly because why the fuck not? Yeah. Um, but there's lots of reasons why you shouldn't do that because it makes you like really sleepy and feel quite weird the next day. Mm. And um, I don't need any reasons to feel weirder right now. Um, I've been... <laughs> drinking a lot more than I usually would in during the week. I like a weekend drink, but I've never been much of a um I don't usually have like glasses of wine after work. I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. I quite like to just drink to get drunk and that's uh, maybe once every couple of weeks kind of a thing. Um but we've been having cocktails pretty solidly every uh-huh. day around <laughs> six. The the quarantini <laughs> <laughs> Which What's is, uh, well, um, this is Harry, my partner's recipe. I, I believe there's like a million different quarantini recipes around the world, but he has decided it's um, lemon, honey, and ginger juice, that quite like the raw juice that you get from the supermarket, and vodka gin or whiskey, whatever you've got <laughs> in the house, and um, a little bit of hot sauce. That sounds great. Yeah. I think it works best with the whiskey, personally. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise I'm feeling quite um, anxious a lot of the a lot of my days. But we also have a lot of work on um, at the spinoff.co.nz, and not having my workmates around me to, um, I guess, just sort of like alleviate that pressure valve where you just stop work for five minutes and have a chat to someone. Um, you're just in work head all day long. Mm-hmm. And I find that quite stressful. The work itself, I don't think is more or harder. I'm, I think it's just not having people around to, to chat about work with makes it seem harder. It's a funny test day. Cause I always was like, Oh, what I would give to work from home and just be alone. I just want my space. I'm such a loner and I am not. <laughs> I found that <laughs> now. It's so bizarre. And even like, there's a lot of nuance gets lost when you're only communicating, even if it's like video or voice, it's just totally. not the same. It's just the vibes are gone, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's my review of the times. <laughs> and I found it particularly difficult. I've been really, really terrible at doing my little government sanctioned walk every day. Like I just haven't really moved yeah. very much. Um, the first day I went out, and I know that this is good and this is what we're supposed to be doing. But when the first person went around me on the road, I burst into tears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels so personal. And you, oh, my gosh. It's, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so, it is so crazy. And I was like, thank you. But also, ah. <laughs> and then, like, this man, this old man waved at me from the window of the rest home. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just, like, beautiful sunny day, but just absolutely losing it. It's it's a whole new way of interacting for everyone, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. particularly lots, strange. We've got lots of houses down our street with teddy bears in the window, which is both – delightful 
and heartbreaking. It's, you know, both of us come home, we go, we walk separately. Um, I think, I don't know why we're doing that. I think, well, we probably, we're spending 24-7 together, so that's probably quite nice. But both of us come home and go, that's really nice. There's, there's a new teddy bear at number 42. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. On the upside, can I just say I learned something about myself? I've always said that if I had more time, I would exercise, and if I had more time, I would cook. And I am shocked more than anyone else in the world to discover that that's true. I am exercising oh. and I am cooking. I just, I, I thought I was lying all those years, but it turns <laughs> out that I'm really enjoying, um, I've got a stationary bike in my office and, uh, and I've been trying new recipes. What have you been cooking? Last night I made uh, a, a chicken that I'd marinated for 24 hours in grain, whole grain mustard and lemon zest and juice Ooh. and garlic and then just um, roasted it in the oven and served it up with some couscous, uh, as I like to call it here, <laughs> couscous. Um, and it was delicious. So, And it's been a recipe that I clipped out of it. The Listener, do you remember that magazine? Um, many years ago and had never got around to making. So mm. so I'm, I'm kind of pleased with myself about that. Yeah. It's just like the little things, eh? anything that you can manage. I saw Leona, you tweeted the other day about quite an interesting recipe you pioneered. <laughs> do you want to share that with the group? <laughs> do you mean my bread wiped on butter? <laughs> My cooking has veered wildly from me spending an entire day <laughs> on a three-course meal with dessert to me the other day just finding myself holding a piece of butter, <laughs> I mean, a piece of bread. I couldn't be bothered dirtying yet another plate and yet another knife. So I just wiped it along the top of the butter and ate it, and that was my lunch. Oh, my God. My dark covid my dark COVID confession is just, um, it's just the jar of olives mm. and it's the fingers just going in <laughs> and just eating olives, staring at the open fridge any hour of the day and then chasing it with a piece of chocolate. Like it's still kind of the combo, it's umami, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I did, um, um, just before um, I came on here, uh, I ha had a sandwich have you guys seen that Hannibal Buress bit where he talks about the pickle juice when the pickles are gone and just saving the pickle juice to just flick on your sandwiches? Oh, I did that. We okay. ran out of pickles. I had a cheese sandwich and I was very sad that I didn't have any pickles. So I put my hand in the jar of pickle juice and I flipped it all yes. over my sandwich. It was nice. It's amazing. <laughs> so handsy, eh? In the times of COVID. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it crazy how quickly it's like? I found this in particular watching the the Bachelorette finish up, but any TV show now where people are in close contact with each other. Yeah. That I now I'm like, oh, how do you, know. what are you doing? They're touching. Get away from her. <laughs> Don't kiss you don't know <laughs> he's got it you can't kiss him he's not in your bubble <laughs> especially a format like the bachelorette where it's like one or in our case two people and 12 guys exactly. there's just 12 possible cases of covid you might be licking <laughs> and who knows who they've been in contact with oh my goodness it's ridiculous it's just yeah like you now see 
yeah, like you see, I see when I look around now, I see like Toby Morris illustrations everywhere <laughs> instead of like humans. I see the bubbles and I see that like spready thing. It's, oh, but it's cool, right? We're fine. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> um, what else do you find aside from cooking and, and butter, butter on bread, etc., is helping you at the moment? Mm. Uh, I'm doing little tiny projects because I have – I'm in survival mode. Like people keep saying, when are you going to start doing stand-up comedy online? And I'm like, fucking not, but maybe ask me in a few weeks. But uh, that just sounds like <laughs> the most horrible idea in the world. So I, um, every morning I set, both Jeremy and I set, we tell each other what our project is for the day. And like on Tuesday, it was to tidy out the third drawer down in my office that was it that was my project for the day and it feels really good because it's manageable and I'm controlling one small piece of the world and whenever I want to I can go and open the third drawer down and it's a fucking marvel mm. it's perfection so making really tiny projects is what I, what's oh, getting you're me so through. good am I oh god yeah, I feel I like I'm a munted husk a shell <laughs> a shell of a woman <laughs> yeah, I have I've I've completely failed to go into lockdown with any goals or hobbies or anything like that. I've got books and I've got the internet. Yeah. And that's just that was the plan because by the time we were getting ready to go into lockdown work was so intense. I didn't really yeah, I couldn't really think about anything else. It's fine. I mean, I'm. I do go on my my um, walk every day, maybe a couple. I've also taken to just sitting on um, our back deck and just staring at all the people in the park doing squats. Oh yeah, <laughs> the whole park is just filled with lycra and squats every day. Yeah, all of Les Mills has emptied into Auckland's parks, <laughs> where it's been done out loud in the open, and it's so. Fascinating. I've done three squats since lockdown started, and I was just Im- imitating people in the park. <laughs> What's going to happen when the lockdown lifts? Is it just going to be like just like amazing butts, like just yeah. butt people leaving the house butt first, <laughs> just showing <laughs> off all their lockdown yeah. squats? There'll be really <laughs> tight glutes, um, <laughs> a lot of regrowth in the hair. Uh, yes. And dogs just fucking exhausted from being walked over and over and over yeah. and over again. <laughs> a lot of very, very tiny dogs. dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've then been the enjoying. Other oh, you go. No, no, I was just going to say um, you mentioned, Michelle, that you've been looking at the birds. There's a, like, over our driveway, there's sort of this kind of like a green banana tree and there's a whole bunch of bananas and I've just been watching every day because I do feel like there are more birds around yeah and I definitely. that's right right that's yeah. science <laughs> you know, the most embarrassing thing I did the other day I was in like a, a panic about trying to write like a positive story so I just panicked and, and uh emailed doc be like are there more birds at my house right now and they were like um thank you for your inquiry we're not actually out at the moment to look at the birds <laughs> and if we were it would be on conservation land <laughs> and I was like okay th- thank you but, but what about Mount Albert <laughs> yeah <laughs> the precious driveway 
Um, and I've started to notice, and it reminded me a lot of that book that we've talked about before, that How to Do Nothing book, where she talks mm-hmm. about walking around and, and watching nature and looking at the birds and the things that you notice. And I started to notice the little patterns, like the little wax eyes, the tiny baby birds have like their first go on the bananas, and then the big kind of angry, like, kind of just your classic bird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what kind they are, but you know, like the just minor? kind of brown sort of classic bird comes in and they have a squabble and then the Tui swoops in and everybody leaves and it's Tui time to eat the bananas. <laughs> and that's maybe the only thing that I've like learned this lockdown and I feel pretty happy with it. You know, it's I was watching the banana tree and having at least a tiny moment's break from the horror and atrocity. Banana TV. Banana TV. <laughs> My God, <laughs> we should pitch that. <laughs> <laughs> but on your thing about cleaning your desk, sorry, cleaning out your drawers, Michelle, I think it's really important to have little things like that. But I have also noticed on Instagram and, you know, we've seen it across the internet, there is a broader push, which feels especially gendered as well, to suddenly um, straighten out the whole house. Or, or be really, really productive and, um, you know, dust the blinds and, <laughs> and wipe the skirting. There's, I've seen there are some sort of 28-day cleaning challenges, which I've seen what? around Instagram. Oh, and um, it's all women, you know, Get it's all that. women who are doing those cleaning challenges. And it's just, I think it's adding a lot of pressure that we probably don't need right now. Nope. Yeah, I'm kind of worried that we might be scooting back to the 1950s in a whole lot of households around the world that, you know, if the kids are home, somebody's got to take care of them, guess who that will be. Uh, everybody's focused on food, guess who's going to provide that, who's going to the supermarket, who's doing the cooking. You know, it's Stepford Wives' possible territory. Fuck. Yeah, I, I, I have to say it would be interesting to look at the numbers of people who are going to the supermarket, the one per ha- household, and seeing what the um, the gender balances are there. I think we know the answer to that. We misunderstood that instruction, so we go one at a time, but we take turns. What do you oh, mean? As in one waits for the other outside? No, I, like I, I went on Tuesday and Jeremy went today. Oh, that's oh, yeah. fine. That's, that's fine. fine. We're allowed that's, to do it. You don't yeah, have that's one, one hunter gatherer in the household. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it just means the whole family can't go to the no. supermarket together. No, no, no. But we take turns with it because I still I find it really um, I find it really confronting to be out in the what used to be very normal world and it's not normal and I yeah. scuttle back home as fast it's as I can. Stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find that much more stressful than being inside. Um, yeah. To be honest, is uh, I've not gone to a main supermarket yet. I've been to Farrow just once, and otherwise I've just been going to the dairy at the top of the road and spending horrendous amounts of money. <laughs> but Farrow was really like um, stressful, and there was a long queue, and there was a man yelling at everyone in the queue that they weren't two meters apart. He didn't work there; he just was oh. someone else who was queuing who decided to use his. <laughs> Very loud, aggressive man voice to get us all into shape, which was really unnecessary because everyone was on edge. This was only like day two or something of the lockdown. And so we were queuing outside in the rain Mm. for a very long time. And, you know, everyone's so on edge and it's kind of fine once you get in 
to the store. But um, I don't know. I just I, I hate it. So mm. I just have tried to not go to the store at all because it freaks me out so much. I haven't gone yet because of that reason. Yeah. I have a genuine concern that I'm, like, going to develop some kind of <laughs> agoraphobia or something. I'm scared of the mail. I'm like, that mail's got the stuff on it, you know? <laughs> I used to love getting mail. <laughs> now I'm like, nah, put that in the sun. What is that, 48 hours or something on paper? It's just, yeah, everything has changed forever. Do you wear a mask when you go to the supermarket or what's your, what's your get up? Gloves? So, or is so that too this, much? I don't do that. I do hand sanitizer as I go in and... And as I leave, and then again when I get in the car. So my problem is that because I'm hearing impaired, I lip read, and that's how I've been surviving in the world since I was 11. And so anybody with a face mask on is completely unintelligible to me. So I find that really, that's the other reason I'm not enjoying my experiences out in the supermarket and anywhere else because people, I, all I hear is, and I don't know if they're saying, have you swiped your loyalty card or have a nice day or you're not allowed to buy that much wine. I don't yeah. know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, I wear a mask um, only because I bought a bunch, like way before COVID even got here. I just thought they look kind of cool. So I bought some black ones and I also bought one with roses printed on it. And I figure if I have to go and interact with people, it's just an excuse to wear my cool masks. Yeah. <laughs> it has made for some scary kind of imagery. It's the most bizarre thing to be so acutely aware that you're living through like a historical mm-hmm. moment. Like yeah. even when you talk about the teddy bear thing, I was like instantly I'm like, that's what we're going to tell our grandkids. Like it'll be like, oh, there's the thing. Remember the teddy bears in the window? It'll be like some old-timey war story of, like, you know, weird things hanging out the window. It's just very surreal and very cinematic. And I think the main thing is, like, it's okay to be feeling whatever the hell you're feeling right now. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and it's okay not to clean. It's oh, okay yeah. not to clean. I'm not it's okay touching not to my skirting boards. Yeah. I mean, you know... Today, my major goal was to um, have a shower and get dressed so I could talk to you on Zoom. That That's my goal for the day. That's And tomorrow I might not bother. Yeah. <laughs> Take that's a holiday. Fine. You've yeah. had that. <laughs> Saturday. What I think is very interesting that I've been thinking about, I mean, it seems stupid to predict anything that's going to happen because everything changes within the space of a few hours, it feels, every day. Um, but... We have often talked on this podcast, run a test through sort of, um, I guess, things you do to your appearance and things you do in your life. And would you do it if you were alone on an island? Yeah. And we're nearly there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we're nearly in that hypothetical situation. And I find it quite interesting what this might do to um, beauty standards or the beauty industry, whether it will impact it at all. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Just capitalism in general, baby. Well, yeah, right. Everyone, it's all like, done. Socialist principles are saving capitalism right now. They're saving our entire country from starving. Yeah. Good point. We've all gone on the benefit. Yeah. We're all probably going to come out of this wanting to support local businesses over big international multicorps after this because we know how real, like, 
the economy is here and that we need to support it. Except for probably McDonald's. They're going to have a queue a mile long <laughs> for two years when yeah. lockdown is over, probably. But I love that. And it's like making people reassess like their relationship with their landlords and property and, like you say, with like beauty and consumerism, with local entrepreneurship versus international, like multinationals. It's cool. We should all be questioning yeah. all of these things. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely, well, I am, not definitely, but, I, well, I'm definitely toying with the idea that that's it for colouring my hair forever. Mm. Just, I don't know, I'm going to see what this looks like at the end of lockdown, whenever that is but I may not ever go back to it because it feels like it feels like the least important thing I could ever do with my time and money. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, and I've lost any um, – I used to have quite an appetite for consumerism, for bringing things into the house, and I have no desire to do that. Like if online shopping was still – if deliveries were still available, I still wouldn't be doing that. I have no – I guess I'm spending so much time inside the house, even though I've always worked here, but – I feel like it's full of stuff that I haven't quite used yet. You know, like recipes I've never tried. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's real interesting, eh? Yeah. Tell you what's not going to do well out of this, the jeans industry. Because I ain't <laughs> never putting those back on. <laughs> the hard pants. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> they cut right into your tum-tum pants. And anything right. that is not a soft sports bra, yeah. no thank you either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> underwire bye-bye and I mean I've always dressed in clothes that could double as pajamas but now I'm just wearing pajamas so yeah yeah I bought some nice new lockdown pajamas before <laughs> I mean I didn't know we were going into lockdown they were just stay at home pajamas and they're very beautiful so I wear them a lot during the day do you have like a change? You go from day pajama to night pajama, or is it is it all the way through? No, the, I only care about the day pajamas because I only, I don't really care about what I wear to bed, but I want That's my fair. nice day pajamas to look nice during the day. So, I did buy a long skirt with like an elasticated waistband, just like a, just randomly, like a week before lockdown as well, and I've basically worn just gone between that and pajamas. Which is weird because I wear track pants to work most days. <laughs> but somehow, like, the skirt makes me feel like I'm trying a little bit, you know. The, my two concessions to not giving up entirely have been wearing per perfume every day. Yes. And that skirt. Because I think when I walk down the stairs after I've had my shower and put that on, just like a T-shirt and a skirt, I still feel like I'm going to work. Yeah. The one thing that I have to do every day or I know that I get miserable is make the bed. That's mm. that's, that's about the only thing, though. I can be a complete slatten about everything else, but I have to make the bed. Totally. Anything to make it that much harder to get back in the bed. Uh, oh, is true. important to me as someone who is uh, prone to a prone to a lion, you know, <laughs> prone to working from bed, which you should not do. I spoke to a physio last uh, last week, last year. I don't know, yesterday. They <laughs> <laughs> said that's the single worst thing you can do is work from bed or work from couch. If you are still lucky enough to be working at home, um, prop yourself up. Here's a tip. Leonie, you know all about this because you've always been very good at posture and whatnot. I try. 
and put the books or something under your feet to put your legs, your knees at like a 90, your knees should be at 90 degrees and your hips should be at 90 degrees. Yeah. And you should have a lumbar thing. I'm doing none of this right now, but <laughs> I think in passing it on, it's it's good enough. I've um, always been so good at this at work, but I ha- I failed to prepare my workspace properly at home. So I have been either slouched on the couch or slouched at our kitchen table which has bench seats so my back is on fire a hundred percent of the time unfortunately a couple of squats might sort you out (laughs) (laughs) my mum offered to send me her lumbar roll and I said no that you're not allowed to use a post for things that are non-essential right now and she'd never heard that she's been sending stuff all over the country because it's keeping her entertained just like sending what What is she sending she's just sending like recipes to friends and bits of crap that she finds lying around the house which she loves sending me just like oh I found this necklace from 1984 and I've sent it to you because you'll love it and I never do but bless her but she's continued to do that and no one told her that you're meant to not be using like courier or postal services right now I think there's a lot of that kind of information that's just not getting out there yeah same with the sort of um the bubble merging and the single bubbles and that sort of thing. Like there was some mixed messages there for a while. Jacinda sort of said you can merge a single bubble as long as you're faithful to the other bubble. (laughs) That was really funny. It basically read like the prime minister telling New Zealanders off for being hoes. (laughs) She was just like, in answer to a question about one single bubble, one single person merging with another person and making a bubble. We have to be faithful to that person. You can't go around making lots of little bubbles. And I was like, oh, my God, Jacinda just told you to stop being a hoe, everybody. you got to listen to the Prime Minister right now. It's also hard at a time where I feel like palpably people are hornier than they've ever been. Right? <laughs> like on Twitter even. The, I feel like it's all tied up with the Ashley Bloomfield uh, first. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of screenshots from my friends who are on Tinder and people are crazy out there. People are just trying to get like sneak off to parks and things. It's so naughty. Yeah. I'm Is not it- on Twitter. I've just been creeping on Alex's t- friends' Tinders <laughs> on social media. I have heard a theory, a cultural theory, from uh, someone who's not a cultural theorist that <laughs> – after this, it's going to go back to, like, the swinging 60s. <laughs> oh, my God, totally. And everyone's just going to be, like, lockdown is just, when it lifts, it'll just be, like, just a giant orgy somewhere. <laughs> those, those people doing squats in your park will be doing different kind of squats oh. in the park. <laughs> They're hosting, for sure. <laughs> oh, dear. What else do you want to talk about? Should we talk about the other ways that are uh, this... This current uh, our new normal is kind of intersecting with feminism, which is something that this podcast is nominally about. <laughs> <laughs> because what we've definitely noticed over the past two weeks is, um, you know, the changing of what is perceived to be essential work and that a lot of it now falls on women. Women. Mm. Carers, healthcare workers, checkout yeah. operators, um, roles that are traditionally, I think, gendered are now being held up as the most essential in the country. And it's interesting. 
I also think the fact that a lot of people in those frontline essential services are on the receiving end of a lot of abuse, especially in the supermarkets when the thing that people want isn't on the shelf. I would hazard that people find it easier to yell at a woman for that. I would think, and I'm sure a lot of those people working in the checkouts is probably more women than men anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I reckon that a lot of those people who are feeling like angry and aggressive would be way more likely to take it out on women than men. Yeah, for sure. I, and and so it's women at the front lines dealing with it in public, women in the front lines dealing with it at home. I'm that's my guess is that the all the unpaid caring work falls almost all of it falls to women. Um and I think lockdown is easier if you are a CEO on a guaranteed salary and most of them are men um, and people who live hand-to-mouth, paycheck-to-paycheck tend to be women and single parents who are mostly women. So, yeah, I think the way that this is affecting the genders, apparently there hasn't been before in big um, uh, global viruses like SARS or Ebola or any of those things, there was no uh, particular data gathered on how differently it affected men and women. But that right. there is some awareness now as they're gathering data that they're looking at the not just the medical effects, the health effects, but also the economic effects on on the on the different genders. Oh, so that'll good. be really interesting. Yeah, that's good. I also find that um, a lot of the criticism of both Jacinda Ardern and Susie Wiles feels. <laughs> Yeah. gendered a lot of the time there's Do a lot of think? people that want to um <laughs> like put Susie down there's just so much like focus on her hair yeah as if that somehow yeah. makes her not an incredible scientist and health communicator and the person that is frankly getting through uh, getting us through this alive yeah. and you know and I've heard it from people I'm even sort of friends with who you know, I might say to myself, okay, to be fair, they they potentially make fun of someone with zany hair, even if it was a guy. But it just feels like that is easier to mm-hmm. do because she's a woman. And same with the Prime Minister. You see a lot of people on our Facebook comments and on the spin-off sort of talking about how they don't like how she talks to them like she's a, like their children. It's right. like, that's just someone trying to speak clearly in a way that everyone in the country can access. It's the fact that she's doing it with a woman's voice yeah. that you so object to that doesn't mm. carry the right authority for you. Yeah. Would you rather she delivered, like, an inscrutable limerick about how to not fucking die, you idiot? <laughs> It's, it's also been really fascinating to watch men who are used to being the loudest voices in the room on things like economics and business really want to be the loudest voices in the room on this topic because this is the hot topic. So, you mm. you know, you've got economists and and successful businessmen. I'm making bunny ears for people who are just listening to this. Um, <laughs> successful businessmen. Yeah, to give it a voice. That'll help. Um, who just want to have some kind of authority on how we should be responding to 
a virus. Mm. You're like, what the fuck? Just this is not your field of expertise, dude. Sam, Bernard, <laughs> all the rest Mr. of the egg, Mr. Eggman on Twitter. <laughs> and I do appreciate that men are used to men are sort of hardwired to when they're presented with a problem to be the one to try to fix it. But sometimes the most useful thing they could do is shut up and let Susie and Jacinda have a chat. There was an amazing exchange on Twitter um, (laughs) in the fallout from the absolutely horrific, brutal news that came out yesterday uh, that Bauer just pulling all their publications effectively yesterday. Um, There was a lot of sort of media back and forth on on Twitter, and I'd just like to shout out uh, the editor of NZGO, Rebecca White, who replied to a man. <laughs> she replied to a man <laughs> and just said, I don't think you know as much about this as I do, and I think you're wrong. <laughs> it was such a good reply. I'm making, it, reckons making about, it my yeah. auto reply, my out of office. <laughs> I'm getting it tattooed on my ass. <laughs> I don't think you know as much as I do, and I think you're wrong. And I think it's, you're wrong. Oh. It's just beautiful, and it, you can. There's no malice in that statement either. And oh. I worked with, worked with Rebecca for a very long time. She is one of the cleverest people I've ever worked with, and she's not a troll. You know, she wouldn't have said that to this guy to um, get a reaction or to be someone who starts shit on the internet. She's not that mm. kind of person. That just was very clearly the correct thing to say in that moment. And I love her for that. It's just, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, The other kind of, I guess, gendered problem which is coming out of this is that, uh, you know, Women's Refuge, Shine, other domestic violence services, crisis services in New Zealand are anticipating and we now have seen that there is a rise in domestic and family violence uh, in in lockdown with people in close quarters to each other who might not normally, you know, families might not normally have to be together all the time and also women who might find themselves isolated from being able to go to work or even interact with people. And that's a really, really, really scary thought that's mm. coming out of this, particularly if the lockdown does have to go on for longer. And there are sort of some techniques that you can kind of use to keep up on, keep keep an eye on your neighbours. But you do also have to be careful of things, you know, communication, things over, you know, messenger, even text calls can be better monitored now if people are living in close quarters with their abuser. Um, and that's something that I, there's not necessarily an answer for. I just think it's something that, you know, people need to be really aware of. It's can feel, it's bizarre even like feeling like your neighbours are, a thousand years away, even though they're right yeah. there. And I don't quite know how to fix that. People I are mean, sort of waving across the fence, but you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Like I, people won't probably ever make the connection that them bending the rules a little bit to see a friend or visit a family member puts those people in danger for even longer, because that means we're in lockdown for even longer. It'd be great to communicate that yeah. more, I think, to like there's like real world effects of just flaunting the rules however you want to, even though you're like, but I was two metres apart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Looking for loopholes is something that I think we're all gonna start doing in the next week or so before mm. we properly accept this. But um so one of the things that we've done around here that I've that I think is I'm sure everybody has 
we know all our neighbours to shout out and we have shout chats over the fence now, which is really fun. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> um, but before we went properly into lockdown, I um, printed out a piece of paper because before lockdown, the virus wasn't going to hurt anybody. Do you know what I mean? We, th- those two days we were running around doing everything we possibly could that we wouldn't be allowed to do straight after that. So I printed our mobile numbers and email addresses on paper and dropped it around the, the, just the houses around us and everybody texted back going thank you and here's ours so we've got more ability to contact our neighbours than we did before this happened so that's that's, I mean that maybe that's a thing you know for women who are living in um, intimate partner violence just having those contacts suddenly appear on a piece of paper from the neighbours can be a handy thing mm-hmm. um you know that's a level of um sharing of our contact details that we haven't usually done so that can be quite good mm-hmm. and the thing mm-hmm. that I've been banging on about it heaps is that if you can go to the supermarket don't shop online because I know that, like the aunties has had trouble yeah. getting any slots for online shopping which is how um, those families were fed before and now people are having to do physical shop and drops. But also any for any, anybody who's over 70 or immunocompromised or any of those people, just like if you can go to the supermarket, go to the supermarket, don't do online shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though we just talked about how terrifying yeah. and anxiety-inducing <laughs> yeah. it is and how horrible <laughs> it is, you yeah. have to do it anyway. That is the small price that we all have to pay for being... Yeah able-bodied and not immune compromised and and not a single parent like I keep wondering about how women with small children are getting their grocery shopping Mm. done because they can't take their children in with them apparently although maybe they've relaxed that rule now I think they've relaxed that a bit because you know people got to eat yeah you can't can't leave your kids locked in the car anymore it's not the 70s (laughs) anymore what's more around the the pond (laughs) (laughs) Um, have we got any other tips we'd like to share from how we're getting through or things to watch and read? Because that's always a useful thing mm. to share. Has everyone watched Tiger King? Tiger King. Tiger King. Yes. <laughs> I only watched two episodes. Really? Yeah, I just, I because I don't do well with like animal cruelty. It gives me nightmares and makes me very sad. And so it, everyone kept telling me, no, it's not fine. It's not brutal. And I have to say, I was still very sad watching those first two episodes for a lot of the animals. Mm. And then I found out that that um, the person that got their arm um, bitten off by a tiger and then went back to work a week later. Seth, yeah. Apparently identifies as man. And so the entire documentary, <gasps> the entire documentary misgenders and dead names them. Whoa. Which is I something I found out yesterday, which was oh, pretty that's buzzy. Horrible. That's horrible, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'll probably keep watching anyway because it's so buzzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like it's a world which uh, I would say has no morals. <laughs> mm. It's a real um, study of like ego and narcissism because they all uh, and like bear in mind I'm only two episodes in, but they've all built worlds around one ego and then yeah. all of those people have been sucked into that solar system of ego and they're all quite different little universes but they're all built from the same thing it's fascinating america's crazy 
It is, isn't it? And the pecking order, you know, you keep seeing how they shift in their power relationships and even the person at the very bottom of the pyramid goes looking for somebody that they can treat as their slave person. Mm, You know, everybody's looking for somebody that they can have power and control over. So Mm. incredible. What an anthropological study. (laughs) I also just didn't know that you could just have a tiger <laughs> in America. You know, like you can right? just, just have whatever yeah, you yeah. want. Like if you want to just breed tigers, fine. Yeah. <laughs> just have a, a snow leopard. Just have, have a, snow a leopard. fucking endangered animal living in your shed. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a real shock. It's definitely not a feel-good watch, though. I think no. uh, Sam Brooks uh, put yeah. it quite well. He just described it as just kind of grubby. Yeah, you just feel grubby the whole time. No likable characters. Yeah. Um, I do have actually a good, combine these two things, a good tip around Watch Club if you're cohabitating with a partner. Um, One thing we did decide um, before we went into lockdown is one thing I've always sort of hated about long-term relationships is you compromise so often on finding something you both want to watch that you end up watching like just completely mediocre films and TV shows, mm-hmm. unless you happen to come across something you both like adore. But with movies I have found in past relationships that I've just ended up watching nothing, like movies that mean nothing to me. And so one thing we decided before lockdown is for our movie nights, we would take turns choosing whatever movie we wanted without any thought to whether or not the other yeah. person wants oh, to watch yes. it or would like it or has seen it or anything like that. And it's worked out really well. Like, it's a great um, idea. My partner hasn't loved all of my choices, but in that instance, it still means I got to see a movie I really wanted to see and vice versa. Yeah. But then we've also been able to show each other like things that we like creatively that we maybe didn't know about each other, which it's working out well. That's oh, really good. I love the idea. I know what you mean about the compromise thing. It's like yeah. whenever we do it, we end up watching like, Hall pass, you know, or like (laughs) the mask, (laughs) which I wasn't mad about. And it was, to be honest, mostly my choice, (laughs) but it can be really difficult. Mm. I find it difficult to just choose anything on Netflix. Like what I would give for just a generate, you know, like just a random like Netflix roulette, I think could go over really well for Mm, me because I waste about 20 minutes. I've also really been enjoying Netflix party, the Chrome extension. If you have have access to that, it's an amazing way to watch films or TV shows with your mates and chat and pause it and annoy everyone when you need to go to the toilet and find out (laughs) amazing things like that your best friend doesn't know that um shrek was also austin powers it's just (laughs) it's just amazing (laughs) a lot of revelations and it does it, it reminds me so much of like i spent all of high school on the phone to my friends watching like the Sunday night movie on TV too. And then watching through to like the horror movie that would start at around 10 30 and then falling asleep on the phone. No. And now I'm like doing that again. Like I'm, I feel like I'm regressing, but in a cool way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When now I like basically the same friends still watching <laughs> basically the same films <laughs> and then just eventually all falling asleep at our laptops. There's something quite, I don't know. It's quite something poetic about it. <laughs> People great, actually calling each other on the phone again is yeah. something new and amazing to probably come out of this because 
God knows we've all turned into texters, or certainly people yeah. under a certain age, where the idea of answering a phone call is just like absolute hell. Mm. Yeah, but now I've, it's normal again. I've had more phone calls this week than I've probably had in the rest of the year. You know, it's people ringing me, and usually I um, pretend that I'm not here. Because I don't like talking on the phone quite often, and um, but now I'm going. Oh look, oh look, it's my aunt. She wants to yeah. talk to me. Yeah. And also, where else would you be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I'm on my constitutional walk. Oh sure, your daily constitutional. <laughs> that is quite a funny new problem as well. Eh? It's like if you're just kind of video chatting somewhere, you're like. Okay, gotta go. <laughs> to where? <laughs> what do you got on? You know, it's like I haven't quite nailed how to end like conversations in this new world because I, I have no excuse. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not even walking out there. Like, <laughs> I'm just sitting around. <laughs> but in like video calls as well would be something that used to fill me with dread. Like, yeah. where would you ever have like a video meeting? Like, yeah. No. Like we're doing right now. Yeah. I know. And I just, honestly, as soon as we came on this Zoom call, I was like, there's your faces. Yeah. It's it's like the best thing I've seen all day. Yeah. Yeah, I hate, because there's all those visual cues. I've been doing some radio stuff, and it's all, they do it all uh, via Skype, but just Skype audio. So you don't, there's a tiny delay, and you don't know when somebody's about to say anything, because, you know, when we can see each other, we see that, somebody's taking it a deep breath because they've got a thing yeah so yeah i find that really frustrating so this is great mm. <laughs> <laughs> i miss you i miss, I miss you i miss humans i just miss remember them remember humans I remember going to like a bar oh oh god Going to a concert? Oh, my God. <laughs> Gross. No. No concerts. <laughs> All I can think of is just sweat and germs. And bubbles bursting. Yeah. <laughs> what I just can't stop thinking about, though, is, like, do you think this is going to change just, like, human behavior? I think so. For ages? I- like, yeah. Do you think we'll be able to go back to just, like, being in a huge crowd or, yeah, I don't know, like, so using gym is- equipment, all that stuff? This is the thing that terrifies me because I used to think that I had a very diverse portfolio of revenue streams. Oh, listen to me. <laughs> and then I realized that all I actually do is either stand, I just stand in a room that's filled with people and talk. That's all my, it's, you know, stand up, corporate work, after dinner, speaking, all of that. It's, and I'm terrified that that will not happen anymore that people won't go and sit shoulder to shoulder in a comedy club or hold a conference or have a dinner where they fucking share food while somebody's breathing next to them Mm. do you know what I mean and that's me fucked because as my backup plan there was freelance writing (laughs) (laughs) it's all gone so yeah I'm terrified of that I mean I I don't think you should be. I think people are so desperate for those times to happen Mm. again that I reckon that aspect of our social behaviour will bounce back faster than than you could believe. I know I made a joke about like a gross concert or whatever in germs, but I would give anything to go to a bar and just it be filled with people I don't know and people that I do know and just like 
the smell of other people and like the warmth, you know, I, I think everyone wants that. And I can't imagine a world where as soon as we're told we're allowed to do that again, that it's not just everyone, everyone will just be out. Yeah, mm. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I'm looking forward to a crowded train. I <laughs> know. <laughs> just the little things. <laughs> One thing my um, partner posited, which I thought was an interesting prospect, is maybe people might put their phones and devices down a bit more often, sort of stay off online spaces for a while because, I mean, they just might, after we're given our freedom again, it might just be a little bit triggering, you know, like true. we had to spend so much time inside a phone and inside a computer screen yeah. for the months or however long we're here that once we're free again, mm. people might want to be free of that as well some more. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice theory. Yeah, I That's love it. That's a great point. There was a, um, before the lockdown hit, a couple of days before, when kind of businesses, I, it was sort of when the hospitality and events, you know, uh, took that first hit, I did a story about people who were still working in industries where you had to touch people. And I interviewed, um, I forgot her name, but the woman who runs Colleen on K Road, and she was really awesome. And she said to me, she's like, look, you know, being really realistic about what's going to happen, but whatever happens, I hope long term also that people remember to think about their health and the way that their health might impact other people. Like she was like, every year up until now, sick people coming into this salon would just sit down and cough and splutter and like snot all over my workers. And we didn't feel like we could turn them away. And they still felt like they had a right to sit here and, and get us sick. Whereas now I well, obviously in that context, they were turning people away and, you know, eventually obviously shut down, but yeah, she hopes that that's something people would be a little more sensitive yeah, about yeah, in the that's future. Interesting. That people would actually think about their health or if they are infected with something mm. as something that could actually impact other people in quite a serious way. Yeah. So, so we're saying there could be a middle ground between complete physical isolation and what we used to do, which and, and we could find a, a pathway through that where we do spend time with each other, but we're more respectful and thoughtful about mm. how we interact. Yeah. Oh, that's making my little Pollyanna heart really happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to take a big dump on that and say, <laughs> I don't think we can expect like, a, you know, a total utopia out the other side of this because... People are people are people, and a lot of us will just go back to being glued to our phones and being jerks to other people and <laughs> going to the hairdressers when we're sick because you can't. But I think overall, mm, yeah, for a while at least, we're all going to be way more mindful of the people around us. I'd like to think. Yeah, and for a long time, right? If people, if you start to get sick, you're going to be like, "This is it, Fuck. yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah." <Would you? laughs> which could keep us going for a couple of years. It's just a crazy time. I really uh, can't wait till we're all in, in a room together again. I know. <laughs> yes, please. Even that, I'm like, remember podcasting in the same studio? <laughs> remember Breathing a into a microphone? <laughs> exactly. Um, is there anything else for watching and reading that we'd like to recommend? I just want to give a really quick recommendation after being told by 
thousands of people to watch it that I'm finally into Shit's Creek and it's getting me through <gasps> my life. So good. <laughs> so good. I got it. I did, we got to episode three and gave up. So no, keep I going. Go back. Keep stuck going. At it. That's, okay. that's what I, that's how I felt. And, and I just stuck at it. And now it's like, I need, I need a couple of eggs every night. Just 20 minutes as well. Oh, great. It's yeah, just delicious. It so that's my recommend. It's perfect kind of soothing, hilarious pandemic fodder. <laughs> yeah. I've been watching, um, well, uh, I have always really liked Bob Fosse films, Sweet Charity starring Shirley MacLaine from, um, I want to say like 1969 or something. One of my all-time favorite movies. I love a kitschy musical. Um, and so I started watching the um, miniseries or TV series um, about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, his longtime partner and choreography genius partner and wife and um and it's so amazing it's got um michelle williams as um gwen verdon and uh oh i love him and i always forget his name um oh he's kind of ratty looking (laughs) oh it'll come to me anyway amazing choreography and then they um reproduce like sweet charity and chicago and um cabaret and so there's all these really amazing recreations of um those films and theater productions and um but mostly it's basically about how bob fossey owes his career to his wife who became his ex-wife who just never got any of the credit for it and michelle williams is just like in it because she's (laughs) an amazing actress but it is one of those real like fuck dudes fuck them so much fuck because i have always thought that bob fossey was the genius director choreographer whatever it was his wife the whole time he won an oscar and didn't even thank her (gasps) oh my god so it's very good but also quite frustrating yeah what's it called the stocko um uh it's a a, a mini series it's called um fossey verdon Fossey slash Verdon. Great. Writing it down with all my pens. Yeah. Do you know what we're going to do today? Um, we are, because today was the day we were flying out to LA and because of the time change, we were going to land in LA, drive through to Anaheim and go to the opening game of the Angels baseball season. They're our team. So we're having, um, instead, we're here, of course, I've got my Angels shirt on and we're having a baseball party and we have found um you can get reruns on major league baseball tv so we're going to play a video of a game that we saw two years ago and we're both going to wear our angels gear and we're making uh hot dogs and helmet nachos and i'm probably gonna get completely trashed do you actually put the nachos in a helmet in a helmet i've got a (laughs) i brought you buy them at the game obviously and you can take the helmet home so it's a big yeah it's a baseball helmet red plastic baseball helmet and i'm making nachos in that this afternoon oh my god cute Oh so that's what we're doing. Oh. And then when you get drunk, you put the helmet on and yeah. all the, get all the jalapenos and the cheese yeah. in your hair. <laughs> Love and it. You can just pick it out of your hair for days. <laughs> I don't all the wash. birds will fly and like eat the nudges out of your hair like Cinderella, basically. It'll be a Disney movie. It's amazing. <laughs> Alex's new friends, the birds. <laughs> 
Love a bird. No, that sounds great. Yeah, I have seen bird. for all the there, there have been a lot of things on Instagram that have annoyed me, but I've also seen people being very uh, inventive with how to make the most of lockdown and create these special feeling like moments. Jamie Curry with her wife or fiance did basically created like a Coachella in their house. Like they made the whole, they decked out the whole house with festival gear. They made like a big poster with a huge lineup and then just did like a YouTube playlist. They had all these live performances of all these different people and just like got all dressed up with glitter and then just watched it. (laughs) So I quite like that people are doing creative. I have been enjoying, weirdly, um, Chris Parker's felting Instagram stories. Felting... Those little animals that he felt and that other people also seem to know about, I'd just never seen them before. And just sitting there stabbing a small animal repeatedly with a needle looks really soothing. Well, just yeah. it's just nice to sit there and listen to him talk as well. It's very just like listening to your mum go on about something. <laughs> very familiar, nice background noise. Yeah, I literally don't understand how the stabbing makes the animal happen, but I no. don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, you start with a sheet of felt and you stab it and then there's like a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. There's a, yeah. They're also, Hilary Berry's really up to social media game That's over lockdown. Yeah. So she's starting a lot of sort of viral hashtags, challenges, bubbles for bubbles, formal Friday, all sorts of things. So there are a lot of ways I think you can still feel connected to people. Yeah. But also you don't have to do any of it. If you just yeah. want to chill and... You can just tidy your drawer. Exactly. I thought I was going to learn lots of cool TikTok dances, but they're really hard. <laughs> I've got some of the easy ones down, like the Benny one, but Renegade, man, I can't do it. <laughs> By the end of lockdown, I will have done it, and I'm going to perform it for you guys. Yes. All yes, please. three and a half seconds of it. Do you have a TikTok account? No, not yet. Mm. I'm just waiting. You did make that viral TikTok coffee, though, this morning. I did. I made the, the Dalgona coffee, the, uh, the Korean coffee um sensation that someone made on their tiktok and then it went went viral um you whip instant coffee sugar and a little bit of water in it you whip it for ages and ten, until it goes into a, a fluffy yes. creamy and then you put it on top of milk and ice and it told me to use two tablespoons of coffee with two tablespoons of sugar and the equal amount of water and so i did one tablespoon and it made just sort of like a half an inch of creaminess to put on. I was so wired after I drank that. Really? It was a whole tablespoon of I coffee in one drink. True. So it's just the, like the foam sits on top of your milk of choice, is that Yeah, and the then idea? you sort of mix it in. It's quite yummy. It is really, really good. But the the Dalgona coffee crash was also very real. <laughs> About an hour before this podcast, I was just like lying on the couch drooling on myself. <laughs> what a great day. There was a tweet that was like, there's no time anymore. There's just coffee hours and alcohol hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my think? God. My partner, I didn't know until we went into lockdown, has this thing about coffee chat. He hates it when his workmates talk to him about how much coffee they've had, whether or not they've got the jitters. He's like, you have no physical symptoms. Stop talking to me about coffee jitters. So he's banned coffee chat from the house. 
I quite like to talk about coffee when I'm having coffee. And, but you pour your third cup and then you're like, oh, I really shouldn't bend. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I have and what I about started your texting coffee, another friend my coffee chat. you made a special coffee? That's what I said. He said, how was it? And I was like, I don't know. Does that count as coffee chat? <laughs> You'll just have to look at my Instagram story yeah. to find out. He stitched himself up there. <laughs> <laughs> Something chronic. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, sorry, that it's was good a to laugh. It's good to laugh. It's good to laugh. <laughs> do we want to nominate some Yas Queens of the month? Yes. It feels... Oh, my God, I do. Yes. Oh. <sighs> Okay. Can I go first? Yes. Where I shall have, we start? I have a, I, I'm going to go first. I have a really, really good one. My last queen for this month and for the 36 months previously is Alex Casey. What? It's our last podcast for now with Alex, but it's also Alex's last day at the spinoff today. And you're my Kilda Queenie now and forever. Yep. And we're going to miss you so much, and I've learned so much from you, and this is it's just not going to be the same. We love Aww. you, Alex. Yeah, what she said, because I can't talk now. <laughs> oh, no. And now here comes the creaming soda <laughs> vodka tears. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to go there. You know I had to. Our listeners wanted to hear it. Our Aww. listeners get to be our, also included in our honorary Kia Queenie for coming, for going through all of this with us. Well, in that case, I see you and I raise you. <laughs> <laughs> Kia Queenie, Leonie and Michelle doing this podcast with you every month for the past, what is it, four years, five years, mm-hmm. five years? has been an absolute joy and I have learned so much from the both of you. I feel it, like, well, this this isn't the end for On The Rags. We still have to somehow make a second season of our <laughs> web series at some point. Um, but, yeah, what we've done together on this podcast, the things that we have shared, which I never thought would be something that would be in the public domain. Oh, my God. Let alone shared with thousands of people out there. Um but the community that kind of came together is, yeah, thank you to all the listeners as well who've been there from the start or come in halfway or just come in, have been there for various iterations of Facebook pages and groups and web series and whatever the hell other things we've tried on this, on this long journey. It's been, it's been great. I can't believe I just said journey. It's turning me into such like a sappy cliche. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're loud. It's an emotional time. Yeah, and we just I'm, have to. We have to come back, no matter you know what, under however circumstances. Fuck, I words not my bitch right now. Um, <laughs> end of the year. Let's do an end of the year catch up. Um, yeah, so that because I, I can't bear the idea that we don't have another one to look forward to. So in December, can we? Let's just do this. Yeah, yeah. let's do yes. it again. See this as a pause, not just for us, but just for you know, as the world figures out what it what it wants, <laughs> <laughs> and then we can come back and uh, and regroup at the end of the year. And yeah, we'd love to still keep in touch with you on our Facebook page as well if you're. 
if you still want to see the stuff that we'll be doing through the year, hopefully, you know, <laughs> there's going to be yeah. some more stuff coming out of the On The Rag stable. But for now, also a big shout out to Tina Tiller, our producer, who is currently writing in a notepad shaped like a pair of undies. Who also which... started this podcast drinking straight from a bottle of Malibu. We saw you. <laughs> Queen! <laughs> uh, Kiana Queenie, an absolute legend. And to bloody hell, like, Mad, who's featured on this podcast a couple of times, who yes. also produced it early on, Alice, uh, Jose. Yeah, there's been a lot of different people in our family. Amber, oh my god, no, no, no it's fine, it's fine. I'm getting, to, I'm getting too emotional again. I'm getting too emotional again. We're all still here, and we're all we're still, still going to be doing here. stuff. But for now, the podcast is taking a little breather. And thank you for sticking with us for this long. And I hope you stick around for whatever else is coming because yes. you haven't seen the last of us. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Stay safe out there, everybody. Stay in touch. Stay safe. Follow us on Facebook and uh, stay two metres away from each other for now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see you at the orgy. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Kia ora e Kia ora Butler here podcast manager at the spin-off if you enjoy listening to our podcasts consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at the spinoff.co.nz slash donate the spin-off podcast network